Hey everyone, welcome to Lock on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Mike Trudell is back answering all the questions we didn't get to on Tuesday. Talking Austin Reeves, talking Anthony Davis, and asking who starts at power forward. All of that coming up next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts, always free, never behind a paywall. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out with us and uh, over 20,000 subscribers to the channel, all of whom uh, were super enthusiastic about Tuesday's appearance from Mike Trudell. You know him from Spectrum Sportsnet, uh, where he does the Lakers broadcasts. You know him from, uh, from his Twitter handle at Lakers Reporter. You know him from the podcast. Lakers film room, Google him and you'll find it. So uh, when we, Andy and I were looking at the, uh, the, the annual Mike Trudell schedule breakdown, like everybody gets excited about the schedule release. All I do is just wait for you to hit publish on that thing well, that and I, every year. And I appreciate that you never have never plagiarized it. Um, unlike, unlike some other people. Oh God, no. All I do is I say I it's, it's like a, tra- it's Jim Nance. It's a tradition like no other. <laughs> um, and I just wait for you to break the schedule down. So I don't have to. And one of the things that, uh, came up a lot was the sort of the, the little nuances in the schedule. It starts with the back-to-backs. It starts with the the amount of time that uh, the Lakers are sort of at that disadvantage as a as a team with rest versus the advantage with a team as uh, a team with rest and all this stuff. And the, the what I find particularly interesting is Anthony Davis has made it pretty clear, I think, that he would like that he believes he's the best defensive player in the league and he would like to win defensive player of the year. He earned that he's earned that and he is uh, deserving of it. You got to win now. You got to play now 65 games in uh, the league to qualify for these awards. AD with 15 back to backs, depending on how many of those he sits out with the normal amount of injuries that he gets. How do you think this is going to play out this year? Because if he really wants to win those things, the Lakers have these 15 back-to-backs they're looking at, uh, plus any other stuff that comes up. Um, What do you anticipate with that rule change and guys like Anthony Davis? Well, I guess these are two different questions, right? Because on the one hand, the postseason awards and the historical value of them, these are things that I care very much about, like much more than the All-Star game. But All-NBA especially to me is one of those things when we're – you guys are prepping for a radio show, right? And you you got two to three hours and you're looking through and trying to remember, wait, who was, who was the dominant player in 2006 or from that era from 2006 to 2018. And you're pulling everything up. And the first thing that I typically go to will be all NBA selections. And what gets lost in that is that if it's wrong, (laughs) like if the guys that were selected that year were not selected accurately and uh, like this season, first of all, I want to shout out Julius Randall. Got a chance to see him at a, a wedding over the weekend. And congratulations to Jesse Buss and his uh, terrific bride, Sarah. Julius was there. I would have, I thought Anthony Davis, right, could have had an All-NBA selection and, and Julius ended up getting one. Now, a lot of that was because of games played and sort of raw production in that context. But I, like Anthony Davis. Did you bring this up while toasting Jesse? <laughs> you know, I didn't do the toast. So thankfully... <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't have to get up there. 
um, and say something like that. Did you tell Julius that you thought his his award there was kind of fraudulent? No, because there were other players on the All-NBA team um, that that Anthony Davis is also better than, uh, and they were on the second team as well. So it's just like he – it got down to, it ended up being a mix of two it's things. Mike after like the open bar. Julius, you're a fraud. <laughs> you're a fraud with your third team all NBA. Anthony Davis won it. He won it. <laughs> no, I haven't had enough. You know what, Andy? And that's why there's always a stopping point for me with the alcohol. <laughs> right? Even when I'm drinking a lot, I, I do not want to get to the point of slurred words. Uh, it sounds like you don't have that because you were so comfortable going to slurred words. It sounds like you've been there recently. And Julius is a good dude on top of it. So you, no, he's yeah. great. He's great. Uh, so I, I, I guess just that the games played thing is now going to be directly linked to this because it was somewhat last year, but it came, the same thing happened in the, in the, um, in the defensive player of the year who went, to, which went to Jaron Jackson Jr. Now he actually played fewer minutes overall. I believe than Anthony Davis last year and Davis got like almost no votes. And yet I think this is because the voters were viewing the Lakers as the pre all-star break Lakers, not the team that had continued to climb up to the standings where they were seventh. And that's why that was the the annoying part for me. They were what three games, like two or three games back from Sacramento, who was the three seed and ended up clear, like clearly better than Sacramento. And yet Sacramento had Sabonis and Fox. Um, you know, getting uh, the the postseason honors, and that like that's the kind of thing that we have to take the whole picture in when we're going to do the voting. Now, the sixty five games thing is going to be a baseline, and to get to answer kind of Brian's question directly, it's hard. Take out Brian, take out all the back to backs, the fifteen back to backs, which are partly because of the in season tournament. That's why you see it went up from twelve for the Lakers last two years to fifteen. They had to condense things a little bit to get that extra week in, um, but. Like if AD does not get to that 65 and then doesn't get the uh, the postseason awards again, I'll just be annoyed all over again that he didn't get last year's uh, when there wasn't this this limit and there were players that didn't play that much more than him, you know, that, that got awards. Steph Curry being another player um, or Dame Lillard being another player. I think that now I'm going to have to pull it up. Did Dame actually make an All-NBA team? Um, let's see. I'll look it up while we're talking. But so it's just like I, AD has not played 65 games. Right in uh, in many seasons, it's and so to ex- to to expect him to do it next year, uh, I I think you have to be almost on the more more of the hopeful end. And yeah, so Steph Steph made the second team with limited games played, and then the third team it was yeah Dame made the third team with limited games played. And the player that th- this is why I didn't go after Julius um, because Julius, I also think is a better player than Demonte Sabonis, who completely crashed out of the playoffs. Um, uh, for Sacramento and just got the nod because the Kings was kind of like the fun, cute story from last year. And do, does anybody really think that Sabonis is a better player than Anthony Davis? Uh, I hope not. I guess the, I guess the other question is when, if you're, let's say he's close and the, you know, who wins the push pull between Anthony Davis wants to play to qualify for postseason awards because it's important yeah. to him, which I understand. And the Lakers would prefer he sit out, this game versus Team X because all of their training staff says, you know, fourth game in six days, you know, sit down. It's safer. We need to keep you for the playoffs. Who wins that battle this year? You know, whether or not a player plays in the game, to me, always, it's a little bit less calculated than that. I think it's more like, are you healthy enough to play? 
Now, there are some stars that that, I, that will just sort of opt out of playing in certain games. And I think that, that part of that got everything really changed during the Kawhi load management stuff. And then I think that that outside of that Kawhi situation, which clearly is its own thing, like his his leg, the management of it, we, we never really know what he thinks or what he says or who's in control of that. But I, I just think that it became a little bit more normal, you know, for guys to not play in games. I don't think that's what it's been with Anthony Davis. It's not like, oh, the, the load has been up this much. Should he sit out or not? It's been because he hurt his foot. Uh, he in a, in a somewhat minor way last year seemed a little bit more major. I say minor because he didn't have surgery, right? Or he has the ankle injury or he has a, a sprain of the knee, right? Which we saw um, in that road game at Minnesota. So, but he hasn't, he has had those types of injuries that have kept his games down. It hasn't been like, oh, it's a, it's a back-to-back. Last year it was back-to-backs because of the foot, right? But it wasn't right. back-to-backs because of rest, which are two separate issues to me. Right, so Brian, my short answer would be that if Anthony Davis, knock on wood for him and for the NBA community, if he is able to avoid some of those those minor injuries that he's had, then I think he absolutely will play 65 games. And it's not going to be like, oh, it's a back-to-back. He, we can't have AD play. He is still, in that sense, he is in his prime, you know, physically in terms of games. I think LeBron is a different story. LeBron is the is like the only player ever, literally, that is playing close to this level into year 21. There are only four other players that even made it to year 21. And the player that averaged the most points – uh, was Vince Carter, and that was seven. You know, and like <laughs> it's crazy. It's a crazy, so crazy it's list. Not the, is, one yeah. of these things is not like the other. So that's the different thing. That's where like whatever he and Mike Mancius figure out in terms of games played and back to backs. But I'm not putting Anthony Davis in that thing. I'm just putting him in. Find a way to for him to stay healthy. Which, thankfully for him, this off season he has been healthy, and therefore isn't coming into a, cr- a training camp with a an injury like that. But if he can avoid something like that. That's when, you know, he's got to be defensive player of the year, um, like top candidate right, right there with JJJ. And he's got to be, he's to me like an at worst all NBA second team player. Cause if you're going to put him at center, right. Then, then you get into the whole like uh, Jokic and what does he do next year? What does Embiid do? But I, like, to me, it goes Jokic, AD, Embiid. I think a lot of people are going to have Embiid over him, but I, I would just, I would just posit what AD does overall defensively while still maintaining somewhat of the offensive efficiency in a playoff setting versus what Embiid can do. All right, who starts a power forward? One more segment with Mike Trudell, who has been very generous with his time. Before we let him go, that's next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Ibotta, picking up some burgers and dogs for the final summer barbecue. Why not get some cash back with it? With Ibotta, school is approaching or it started. The kids want to look fashionable. You can watch your cash back grow like their wardrobe with Ibotta. Stop spending your hard-earned money without getting anything in return. Use Ibotta. You're already spending the money, so why not get the cash back for your troubles with Ibotta? Just link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that simple. And the average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real cash back. Again, real cash back, not points that... Let's be honest, nobody ever uses them in the end. And you can earn real cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners five bucks just for trying Ibotta using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app, and use that code LOCKED. Again, I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or the App Store and use the code LOCKED. 
Mike, uh, we we asked the question. Many people assume that it's just going to be Rui Hachimura who starts at the four this year, mostly because the Lakers gave him that contract. Uh, who starts at power forward this year for the Lakers? Well, so first of all, this is the kind of question that usually I would just ask the coaching staff. And then while the coaching staff doesn't want to reveal it, so then I would just kind of represent the opinion uh, as my own if I agreed with it. I have not asked yet. So uh, this will, now that you're asking me to sort of go out on a limb on this, I'm just going to send a text message uh, after we get off and then uh, just so I can try and find out. What I would do would be to start, uh, would have it look like this uh, here with Vanderbilt. Oh, wait, is this my, is this my, this list? is your list, Mike. Okay. I'm putting up <laughs> your go. list. Thank you. Okay. I was like, that looks a lot like mine. Um, I just, I think for a couple of different reasons. And I, we, I mentioned this on the last show, but, I look at LeBron more like the four. Uh, and so if if he's the four, then Rui Hachimura would have to be the three. Because I just don't think that you want LeBron out on the perimeter chasing what might have to be the best perimeter player. Um, and sometimes that's a bigger player. Like if you're playing the Clippers, that might be Paul George or Kawhi. If you're playing the Warriors, that's going to be you know Steph Curry. So it, de- it depends. It could be if your best player is a guard or a wing, but either way. And I think that Vanderbilt is more equipped um, to fluctuate between those positions, either a big wing or a elite guard, than Rui. Uh, whereas Rui, to me, has more of utility as like a as a backup big, especially until the Lakers don't have that like if they don't have that player on the roster. And Rui can slide up a bit more as he did with Nikola Jokic uh, in the postseason. Vanderbilt is not as thick uh, in the in the his wallet isn't as big right in in the back pocket there. So. It just makes more sense to me defensively and overall energy, utility, regular season. It's, I always say this. It's like the Detroit and back-to-back in January, proverbially, right, where you just need energy, and Vanderbilt's going to give that. And I don't, Rui, to me, is not the type of person where he's, he's, he's coming in with, like, the start-me-or-else vibe because or, – or else what? You know, I think Rui is pretty happy with what his situation has been and the opportunity that he was given and now the contract that he was given. And, and I do think that Rui is going to have a chance to close a lot of games. So I, that's, that's just based on watching last year. I have not talked to any of the coaches, uh, Andy, it sounds like you agree with me. So let's hear that before we hear Brian. I, I, I do actually. Um, and this is one of the things that jumped out at me when I read your schedule <clears throat> breakdown uh, over at Lakers.com. Everybody should check this out. Mike does his annual deep dive of the Lakers once the schedule's released and and how it all breaks down over those 82 games. But when you put out this, I guess, your ideal rotation, which, by the way, this has been my ideal rotation as well, there's two other reasons that didn't come up when when you were just talking that I think matters with this. First of all, with Rui, that that he's getting 17 mil a season doesn't, to me, necessitate that he has to start because of that, to me, you just need to get $17 million worth I mean, of value from him. And that $17 million worth of value can come off the bench. It can come, as you said, closing games. You just need to make sure that you get the most from him. And I agree with you. I think there's there are more ways to get the most from Rui when he has a lot of minutes with AD or with LeBron, but not necessarily always with both. Because especially when you combine him in the starting unit with D'Lo and Austin there, 
I think some of his scoring opportunities just won't be there. And by extension, you don't get as much. But the other reason that I think it makes more sense to start Vanderbilt beyond the defensive utility that you mentioned is I actually think it becomes easier then to get decent minutes for Torian Prince. Because if you start Rui, then you're looking at a bench unit with both Vanderbilt and Prince, which I think combined with some of the other guys there, isn't enough scoring. So one of the two might not be able to get on the floor as much just because you're going to need to be, you're going to need to find another score to put out there with them. If Rui is coming off the bench, it doesn't automatically solve all of your scoring issues, but you have at least one potential focal point with that second unit scoring that you don't have if Rui's starting. So that's another reason why I actually think it makes more sense with this particular roster to play him off the bench. So I, I guess I'll just kick this to hear what Brian thinks about it too. But when I think of how do you optimize LeBron and AD, and, and we've had this conversation so many times, but part of what worked so well for Rui was that when he was playing with those two, the other team was unlikely to have the type of athlete that could hang with him. And you can just say, Rui, match, match up hunt, right? Who, whoever they're going to have on LeBron and AD, it, that means their third guy's on you. And that guy can't guard Rui most of the time. He can shoot over him in the mid-range. He can drive by him or he can be wide open uh, and take a three-point shot. So that's great. But in a regular season context, I like to start with uh, like what are the things, that the dirty work type things? Who's going to be more likely to do those? And I think that the answer there is Vanderbilt, especially considering guarding the best opposing wing and regard. And then Rui's, either LeBron or AD is still going to be on the court when those first subs come in. And so Rui can still go ahead and, and match up Hunt and attack whoever that guy is. And if you get down to a playoff situation, then I get it, right? Because their they're best five's on the court, your best five's on the court. You might just need to go with your best group right away. But to me, that's not what the regular season is about as much. And, and that's where I just, I just see – I liked how the balance worked with Vanderbilt and Rui. And I think we have to try and remember more games than just the Denver series, where that was a particularly tricky challenge with Jokic playing at, like, literally all-time great um, big – level right and and just what that what that incurred upon a team i think we have to kind of not view what the lakers did against that series as much as we do those previous sample size and i think your point about it being the regular season is critical i mean we've spent a lot of time this summer we're going to continue to when we get into the season like the regular season is different and it's also important like you you steer your way to the playoffs by getting yourself through the regular season in like effective shape where you're preserving guys and all that stuff. Um, and it like that, that matters. And so, you know, yes, is Jared Vanderbilt a little bit more limited offensively? Yes, he is. But the energy and the effort he provides over, over 82 games for 15, 18 minutes a night, super important for getting you through. Same with Hachimura, same with all that stuff. So um, I, I am, I've always been kind of agnostic about, starting i think it's kind of an overrated concept in the nba to some degree and so hachimura i agree with you he got the deal he wanted he got the contract that recognizes for now it's like sort of whatever the lakers want to do with him you know just to within reason is it's like okay it's cool he's gonna play so, and also um, i'm sorry, sorry but yeah at all if he if he didn't start i don't think it's it necessary just, it also seems like that's that's a you can, if you want to go to that at some point, but I think it's harder to go into a season and try to have, you know, tell Vanderbilt, hey, like we appreciate everything you did in the regular season. But now, you know what? We 
Like you're the one that's going to start on the bench. And we, I just think you're not, it's harder to get the max out of him. Whereas you know that you can still get a lot out of Rui in the role that he was in. And then if you need to switch those minutes, let, let, let's say maybe Vanderbilt continues to yeah. struggle. Maybe every team begs him to shoot from the corner and he can't hit anything. Like that's fine, you know, then, but then Andy, maybe in that case, I want to see what Torian Prince looks like. Right. Exactly. In that kind of spot, you know, and then they got, keep Rui they, they've functionally, got choices. Yeah. Yeah, they've got choices, and or Max you know, Van, nothing changes yes. Vanderbilt except the amount of money that Rui Hachimura is making. That's it. All right, Mike Trudell, Spectrum, Lakers.com, Lakers Wait, film. No, room. Austin, do we? We didn't hit. The, it says. Do you have time? Do you, you, do you have time? Got, I, I don't want to. I, I want the Kamenetsky. Uh, I want it to the rundown to be fulfilled. And if we I, don't, look, if you want to do a third segment, we're, we will segment. keep you for a third segment. But I am not taking any flack from your wife right. about childcare questions or anything like that because we are letting you go we will send your the choice unedited video as evidence I, that we offer look, to do this it, it doesn't yes it doesn't need to be a long segment i just i want a little i okay. want to hear your your guys's austin reeves takes because i've been firing them off to pete and darius for a while so i, I want to okay. hear them let's do All this right. quick uh a a, a <clears throat> Soon to have his marriage on the rocks. Mike Trudell sticking with us for one more segment. That'll be next. Uh, there may not be anything, Mike, that annoys other fans around the NBA more than when a Lakers player that they want to believe is wildly overhyped turns out to be really, really good. And that is what's happening with Austin Reeves at the <coughs> World Cup, where he just, as we all thought he would, has been an incredibly important player who plays well on this stage with other really good players and is showing himself to be one of the most important members of that team. I personally am enjoying the the begrudging nature of other fans having to accept the fact that Reeves isn't hype. Uh, what's been your reaction to all this? I was just so – I was very excited for Austin, the person, right, when he got that invite at first. And then I started thinking about it. Well, hold on a sec now. This is not a charity invitation. Steve Kerr had to game plan – against Austin Reeves in the Western Conference semifinal. And I think that when a coach has to be responsible for a playoff game plan, they, the amount of film and the amount of discussion that comes up in that setting, I think is they take that stuff as, uh, as the absolute truth of what basketball is about. Because if, if you can survive, when we put this scheme out there you know, to try and limit you some, you're a real guy. And so I think Austin Reeves being a real guy. All right, well, there you go. So now, but you look, you just look at the roster and even this team USA that isn't the, you know, it's not the dream team. It's not the redeemed team, but it's a very, you know, thoughtful team in terms of the way that it's composed. And you think you look at the guards and it's, you know, it's Jalen Brunson establishes the leader of the Knicks and starting with Anthony Edwards. And then, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, I think was plugged in as that backup point guard, but some people may have put Josh Hart. Uh, for his defensive ability and his just increased leagues, uh, years in the league into a spot like before in Austin. Or they might have said, I play Brandon Ingram at a guard spot so that you can free up some time in the front court. But what we saw happen early for Team USA is, nope, like they want and need Austin Reeves on the floor. Same thing that happened to the Lakers, whether it was a first-round pick or a vet or somebody that was had this additional pedigree or contract or something. But then you just couldn't justify keeping that guy on the court you know, over Austin Reeves too much. And what, I, what I've what i kind of taken more away, though, from this USA season is that 
we think about the Lakers rise and going from where they were with the roster before the deadline to the Western Conference Finals. And I think the first things you look at are the trades. Just that makes sense, right? Who went out and who came in? But what also happened when Westbrook went out and then especially when LeBron got injured, uh, and I think I'm, I probably touched on this in the, in the schedule article, is that Austin Reeves' usage went up. And therefore, so did the efficiency of the offense because he doesn't turn the ball over. He passes the ball extremely well. He gets to the free throw line a ton. He shoots a good percentage. He's smart. And then he plays defense. You know, and so it's, it makes you think about all of that, to me at least, a little bit, even a little bit more charitably for Austin now that we've seen this translate to other players, to another coach, to another system. And uh, what an encouraging moment, you know, not just for Austin, but certainly for the Lakers uh, watching this, watching this happen and nodding and smiling while all of these new USA teammates are falling in love with this dude. Um, and, you know, uh, and whatever implications that could have moving forward. We're seeing that on display the way he can just fit into any lineup, which is a big part of why Brian and I both thought he'd play. But one thing that really also gets me excited about Reeves and the, and the stint, Mike, is just when you look at the trajectory of players who are involved, even with the, you know this level of Team USA, not even necessarily the, the big boy Olympic team, but just this grouping, like the 2019 team. You had Jason Tatum, who ended up All-NBA, Jalen Brown, All-NBA, Donovan Mitchell, All-NBA, yeah, Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, Harrison Barnes was a starter on a championship team, Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton were All-Stars and starters on a championship team, Miles Turner... Defensive player of the year caliber, Derek White, all NBA defense. Like that's the caliber of players and like the caliber of careers that these guys tend to turn into where at minimum you're talking about like top 75 players in the league. Like, you know, in not all time, but in the current league. No, no doubt. And then it's like the, it's the opposite of what happens when you, let's say that there's a player on your team and I think, by the way, I think Dallas made a mistake in this context, clearly, in not bringing Brunson back. But they looked at that price tag and they're like, uh, like, is he really worth it? Well, the answer was yes. But nonetheless, like for 26 to 30 to 35 million, when you if you bring a guy in and I, man, shout out to Holat, our, our guy, Carlos Boozer, great guy. But when the Bulls gave him that max, you know, when it, and they had Noah and they had Derek Rose, like pre-injury, it's like, ah, that. He's not, he's not the guy that make, like, like, if you're going to spend that money, you know, it has to be with purpose. And now with Austin, who's definitely your third best player, but with him on a deal that is usually going to like the sixth or seventh best player, or I guess maybe fifth on the team, that gives you so much more flexibility with the third and the fourth most money that you can give to somebody. Uh, and it also just opens the door for other long-term contracts. And it like combined with Anthony Davis and that extension, so just combine AD and Austin, combine their money together, and like we'll see how many more seasons LeBron plays. But it just there a lot more is on the table, uh, and like that the fact that Austin has been able to be this good uh, this early in his career, and he's not the type of guy that you have to take off the floor at all um, on certainly not on offense, but even on defense, which I think was was another important element of what he showed in the postseason. Wasn't like was Denver targeting him? Like no, not really. Aaron Gordon on an, on, to an extent on switches, and but that's that can be uh, any guard. That's, that's basketball looking yeah, that's for like, size yeah. mismatches. I mean, right. And so that, there is no guard in the NBA that can hold up to LeBron or Aaron Gordon, the, the best of the best big athletes. So 
he, he can hold up. And, and that's just, that's a, a very encouraging part where my only thing that, and I said this to Austin personally with him is especially going from the amount that he played last season, uh, not just regular season, but postseason and the minutes load that he played and now USA and now what they're going to sort of need and ask for him, depending on how LeBron and AD can stay in the court is that he's just got to really focus on, on the fitness, you know, and the body and the strength and the like getting himself through because he plays hard. He takes hits as we know, I'm sure you guys have a, a counter like what, like we do sometimes up there's, yep. There's the second time that Austin took an elbow to the face this game. Like there's, that's the stuff that I think, cause the basketball, I'm not, there's just almost no concern left at this point. Like you, as an NBA coaches, just kind of put them on the floor and feel pretty good about it. So what can he do to control the physical elements of where he's going to go as a player to me is, is kind of that last frontier. Um, and if he can take some from LeBron there, you know, and just by osmosis and if he can steal himself, I think there's so much uh, left for him and, and such a, a great upside that, that continues to evolve. Um, and to your point, I mean, like, I think all of those things will let you go here or why, Andy and I, like, there, because you, there's nothing, one thing that you need to take him off the floor for. Um, I actually don't think it's a crazy idea that, especially given what you want to try to do to preserve LeBron, especially uh, some of the things that might have to be done to preserve AD. It's not a crazy notion to me that, that Reeves leads the team in minutes this year. So, I mean, I don't necessarily, I'm not sure I bet on it, but I, it's not a crazy notion to me, at least. But, no. And that's so. You mentioned something earlier about like kind of the, the way that the way that these players are seen and how, you know, people when there's a Laker that lives up to the hype. And I think the last one or at least the last one I can think of would be in Alex Caruso and how, oh, he's just it's just Laker hype, you know, even though he started game six uh, in the finals and then he gets to Chicago and is playing continued to play well. And it's like kind of reluctantly, oh, OK, I guess he was good, you know, at the time since he showed it somewhere else. It's like Austin has definitely crossed that barrier. Um, and I think that all of the positivity that's coming out about Team USA. But like the this, I'll make kind of the same corollary in the one sense, totally different players. Caruso, a bigger, stronger athlete um, than Austin, but he he too played so hard that he could wear down. Uh, and that's, that's to me where I, I go kind of right back to my previous point, Brian, and, and because of the way that Austin plays, how, how will that evolve if the minutes continue to go up in the regular season as well? And that's, that's something like he had a minor injury in December, I want to say last year. And I think the reason was that he was, he was just asked to do more. The load was heavier early in the season than it was the previous year and certainly than what, than what, what, uh, what it was in college. So that to me is where um, it, it's, hard to, it's, it's hard to just completely avoid that. It's going to happen. But that's the spot where I think of when you say, is he going to lead the team in minutes? You know, I'm he's not built exactly like Rui, for example, or even Vanderbilt, you know, or um, older or younger LeBron or even like that's that's where um, he's a Austin likes to say to us, oh, I'm I'm not a great athlete. And it's like, well, relative to ninety nine point nine percent of the world. Yes, you are relative to the to the best of the best NBA athletes. That is true. And that's that's what I'm. Yeah, he'd, he'd have to learn about to get, He'd have to learn not to get punched in the face as much as he does um, yeah. over the course of 82 games. But I just say it's it, it is an interesting dynamic, and it speaks to his skill set. Is really what what I'm getting. Oh, at and there. that 100. Yeah, you just yeah. because it's the same that just he's good on the floor in whatever type of 
Yep. Position like it's not, yeah. lineup. He, he works with that lineup. Group. He works like that. Yeah, for sure. Good. 100%. He is Mike Trudell, and we're going to let him go. Uh, he is, uh, been, is, is so much fun doing two shows. We really appreciate the, uh, the extra time. Uh, looking forward to getting the season going. Looking forward to my fantasy draft, uh, which, of course, Mike runs because he's our commissioner. Uh, right. And uh, go check out all of his stuff at Lakers.com. Watch for him on the television. And uh, lock on Lakers on YouTube. Go uh, hang out. Leave questions. Leave comments. We'll see everybody next time.